Welcome to The Unfiltered Musician. Where we give you all the tea on life as a musician and how to navigate the industry. This is episode number 11, Memorized Like a Profession. Welcome back to another episode of The Unfiltered Musician. We're your hosts, Vanessa Perret and Ryan Mancini. And today we are going to talk about how professionals are memorizing 60 songs in a week. Thank you if you're joining us again as a frequent listener. And if you're new, you're in for a treat. Let's start with a weekly check-in. Vanessa, what are you thankful for? It's like our last week. We can do it because tis the season. We're like all confused in this room right now. I've got a pumpkin with a Santa hat and we've got a, <laughs> a Christmas tree in here. But I'm thankful for a lot of things. <laughs> it's also 11 p.m. again while we're doing this. We're going to hear crazy things. But I am thankful for a bonus family, Ryan's family, that I got to see on Thanksgiving. There were like 30-something of us in a house together and I'm thankful for them, especially making the happy birthday song a very musical experience. We had to celebrate two birthdays uh, on the day, too. And it's it's like a two to three minute long production, like every rendition of happy birthday with harmony, including flat sevens. <laughs> flat sevens, major nines, all that stuff. Oh, it's fabulous. And you never know when it's going to end. It's just it's always a wonderful time. <laughs> very right. musical. I, I think... Uh, in the videos that I took, not a single person sang the original melody. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to listen around for it, and I just, I think everybody was goofing around too much. No one actually was focused on singing <laughs> the melody when we needed it most to ground us. Oh, yeah. It's always a time. But lots of food was had. I think we each gained like five pounds each. <laughs> oh, my goodness. In the I... best way. <laughs> I was 170 at the beginning of this week, and I weighed myself this morning. It was 178. That's awesome. Which means that I probably had that much food still inside me. <laughs> there's no there's no way I gained eight pounds. And our Thanksgiving, no I mean, week. since I've been with you, it's it's now two days long. Like, Ryan's family has a tradition where the next day, everyone gathers again in the same house that was hosted, and we eat the leftovers from the day before and there are a lot I, I feel like it's on purpose like twice as much is made because of that tradition we're cooking for two days we're actually meal prepping that's what it is <laughs> yeah so we had a, a second thanksgiving with the same amount of food and the same amount of temptation <laughs> so we did not hold back <laughs> yeah and it's usually about the same turnout both days i think there were 25 people the next day but that's okay oh yeah it was good. Good Thanksgiving. I was very happy with it. That's what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for my parents for being able to host this year because that was a new tradition. Yeah, usually we're in Long Island. Yep. And we're usually in the basement of a church, which is not always homey. And my mom wanted to break out of that trend. So there we have it. Mm-hmm. Good food. Good company. Yes. And farm animals in the backyard for fun. Oh, yeah. It was the whole experience. <laughs> <laughs> Deep in the woods. Oh, yeah. All right, so let's jump into our topic for today. We want to talk about memorization. There's so many things you can talk about with memorization. But the reason I titled this episode, How Professionals Are Memorizing 60 Songs in a Week, it made me think of a story I heard from my brother Samuel. So when he was at Berkeley, he had one teacher that uh, he was this Brazilian pianist. 
I believe he was on tour with Beyonce, and he was the instructor of his uh, one of his ensemble classes. And he expected like everyone in the ensemble to memorize, learn and memorize 60 new songs a week. And at first it was like really, really difficult for all of them because they had like no idea how to do it. But this guy, like he kept putting his foot down like, hey, this is what is expected of you in the industry. Like you got to do it. This is this is what you got to do. And I'm sure if you're the star artist that has written all the songs, you're not having to memorize all of those songs. But if you're starting out and you're going from like medium level professional to like now we're touring with multiple bands across the country and stuff like that, like, yeah, you might have to learn 60 songs. You got to learn someone's entire repertoire or you might be a part of a cover band and they're just like, we're going to do 60 songs from the seventies and you got to learn all that. And so that's the whole reason for the, for the episode. And sometimes you might not even get a week. Sometimes that's like a blessing. <laughs> sometimes right. you don't know if things are going to change last minute and you kind of want an idea of how your brain works, you know, at its most efficient and how you can memorize like 60 songs if it's less than a week that you have for a deadline. Right. There have been times I've had to memorize scripts in a day. <laughs> like I wake up that morning like, oof, I really got to know this script by tonight. And I had to memorize it by 7 p.m. And Or even like a change of the set list on the day, like 20 minutes before, you know? Right. Like what are people doing? How are they actually making that happen and acting like... They have known it for many years. Mm -hmm. So start us off with our first topic. What do you got for Vanessa? For us, Vanessa? Well, we kind of decided to break this down into different kind of categories and methods. And the first one we were talking about was immersion. So learning through uh, something through immersion is, for example, just listening to music and, you know, not really having to set aside time to actually practice, you know, like it's not... It's not where you have to, you know, lock yourself in a room and you're like, I can't do anything else. A lot of the time, immersion is your best friend. And we were even talking about habit stacking. If you don't know what habit stacking is, it basically takes other tasks that you know you have to complete or other things and you're putting them together. So immersion could be listening to music, say it's on your set list and you've got a playlist that you're, you've got on repeat while you're doing, like say you had to do chores or while you're working, taking care of other things. You can have that playlist going and your, you know, your brain is absorbing that information you're learning through immersion. So that I would say, you know, you don't even need to know how to read music to learn through immersion. That, I think that's the most accessible one. It's definitely the easiest. And I think a lot of people misconstrue practice with having to drop everything <laughs> and just focus on that. But there are a lot of ways to add it into your routine without you even realizing you're absorbing that, that music and really practicing, essentially. Right. And I was talking to Vanessa earlier when we were thinking about this episode and I had mentioned like I heard from some sort of resource that it takes about seven times to actually memorize something seven listens seven reads whatever it usually takes the average brain about seven times to memorize something but say someone tells you a phone number you might memorize it the first time someone mentions it mentions it to you um, it might take you three tries. It might take you 10 tries. But on average, it it may take seven. So 
if you're listening through a song, it's just going to take multiple successful repetitions. This is what we what we call it for music teaching. Uh, we just have to drill into these young children these songs through multiple successful repetitions in order to guide yourself so it's a little easier. One of the things I do is I like to chunk it down. So the first listen through, I might say, hey, listen to the lyrics. Tell me what you think this song is about. And so that focuses them on one aspect of the song instead of, all right, let's focus on the melody and the chords and the structure and blah, blah, blah. You don't want to confuse them. So I give you one thing to focus on. Let's focus on what the song is about. First listen through. Second song, or second listen through. Let's focus on the structure. Let's focus on the chord changes. How do the chord changes happen in the first verse compared to the chorus? And maybe the third listen through. Maybe you want to think, okay, how does this singer or how does this guitar part differ from the first verse and the second verse? Or the second verse and the third verse? Is there something completely different that I need to be aware of? That the whole band needs to be in tune with? That's the kind of things you want to be thinking about when you're listening through. So after about seven listens through, you've gotten all the different aspects that you need to know about this song. And it's pretty locked in. And it almost seems like second nature to you. Yes, if you're someone that really needs structure... And, you know, you can write down that process. That might be a very helpful thing to you. I'm definitely someone that works super well with lists. Like I think right now in my notes app, I have like, let me see, 700 <laughs> notes. And <laughs> every day I'm thinking of like a new list, especially, oh my gosh, for Christmas shopping, not to get <laughs> off topic, but man, <laughs> I've got a lot of random lists for people even you know, even who probably shouldn't have as much of a giant Christmas list as <laughs> as one would need. But I mean, I work really well with lists, so I'll even do that kind of memorization practice for myself or I'll kind of stack different practices. Also depends on time crunch. And I mean, yeah, we all work, we all work in different ways, but I would say kind of blending them together is also a helpful thing too. But structure, it's huge. Yeah. One of the things that... uh my jazz teacher, Sean Montero. Shout out to Sean. Incredible. Oh, yeah. Absolutely fantastic. One of the memorization techniques she gave to me, specifically for singers, sorry if you're an instrumentalist, um, is when you're listening through a song, get yourself a piece of paper. Write out as many words as you hear as, as you're listening through. And if you miss some, just because you didn't have enough time to write, Skip it. Move on to the next line that you hear. So eventually, we're piecing it together. It might be, all right, I got the first line in every verse or the pre-chorus or the chorus or something like that. Second time you listen through, you might find more filler words that you didn't get the first time. So maybe you get the ends of those phrases, which you missed, or you might get just the beginnings of a few new phrases throughout a verse or a chorus. Then you just keep listening through until eventually you've written down an entire lyric sheet. And honestly, if you still haven't memorized by then, rip it up and start again. But you'll eventually get it in your head what the lyrics are just from listening to it so many times. You've taken the time to actually pay attention to what you're hearing and making that connection in your brain. 
a lot of memorization practice comes from just repetition and hearing and making those connections with yourself rather than with looking at music and trying to make the connection. Because you're not going to make the same connection if you're just reading from a sheet. It's going to just be right there for you, and you're just going to have to follow it the way that it is. It's an easy crutch to lean on. Right. And once you've put that crutch there, it's it's so much harder to take away. And also writing down. I mean, there's a lot of muscle memory in that. You know, I remember even in college when I had to take some gen eds that I, I, you know, I would scream at the world like, why am I taking this? But, you know, I would write down everything as I was studying, you know, like word for word, continue going, repetition. And, you know, just writing it out really allowed me to memorize any information that I needed to organize, you know. So right. I think that, yeah, like that muscle memory plays in when you're writing stuff out. And I, I like, you know, that one you had told me about from Sean. And I've used that even in a time crunch when I feel like, oh, this is kind of, you know, a waste of time. But it's not because it's it's worthwhile practicing. But that's, you know, sitting down and actually taking the time to do it different from immersion. But even along the basis of writing down stuff. One thing I also do and what I tell some of my my students to do is write down keywords of each verse or each phrase. And so, you know, say you are looking at a sheet with all of the lyrics, try to put it almost in a similar structure, but almost like fill in the blanks. Like, I mean, for example, I mean, everyone knows this song, The 12 Days of Christmas, but I was teaching it to a five-year-old and... I, you know, had to find like little key things so that I'm not feeding all of it to her, but she's, you know, remembering that that muscle memory is coming back and I'm just putting little tiny Easter eggs in there and she's doing the rest of the work. But same thing applies here, you know, even for (laughs) our older brains, it can be a helpful thing. And sometimes people just want the reward or gratified feeling. It can turn into a game. And so that might be, you know, kind of a fun thing if, if you're someone that also is like, oh, I got to practice. I don't want to practice and sit down and do it, but I have to. And, you know, just making it more enjoyable, more interesting for yourself. And again, just kind of scaffolding all these different techniques just to keep it interesting and, and allow you to actually memorize the content. Right. And I like that word you just use, scaffolding. So if you are an instrumentalist, let me let me give you some attention right now. <laughs> so if you're trying to memorize a solo or you're trying to transcribe something, so say you've, you're a sax player and you've got a Charlie Parker solo that you want to transcribe, don't look around online for the music and then just think, okay, if I play this enough times, I'm going to memorize it. Use your ear. It might be a little tougher for someone who is like always leaning on music as a crutch. Eventually, you'll grow your ear from doing it over and over again. Like if you... If you're memorizing 60 songs a week, like we mentioned in the beginning, like eventually your ear will get that in time and it'll be super easy because you'll know all the patterns it takes to make up that solo. But what I'm trying to say is don't start out with the music if you're trying to memorize. Start with the ear to finger connection. Like I was saying before, looking at music, that's going to hold you back in making the certain connections of oh, my pinky should be doing this at this time, or it might be easier if I slide my finger up and change a different position that I'm playing with on the guitar, or any of those weird things that your brain just snaps right into place when you're practicing alone. 
And when you are also transcribing, think phrase by phrase. So it's, instead of trying to tackle the whole thing, think of where the natural lulls are in the solo. Slow it down. Usually I take a YouTube video, put it at 50% speed, maybe 75%. That features a godsend. Oh, it's so it's so helpful. <laughs> Especially for like hard instrumental licks and solos, you know? Like sometimes you really just have to slow it down so you can hear all those individual notes. Right. Yes, exactly. And that does make it a lot more helpful, especially if it's a, a fast jazz or rock solo. Like sometimes you don't hear certain things. Or you might be making it up and it's actually just a ghost note. But think of those small phrases. Memorize those chunks. Figure out how those chunks are played. Eventually, you'll memorize it a lot faster than you would by looking at the music because it's all ear already. And when you're in a performance with memorized music, all you have is your ear. That's how you know if you're doing something wrong. That's the only thing you can check in with. So if you use your ear from the beginning, it'll prove to work for you in the end. I think I think one thing that instrumentalists can also do, if you, if you trust your, your voice enough and your ear... You know, singers don't have to be the only ones singing the notes or figuring it out with their voice. One thing that you and I both learned in school was to sing and play or, you know, teach students that if they can rely on their ear and their voice, then try to replicate what you need to do on your instrument through your voice to connect in that way. And yeah, like slowing it down on a YouTube video. And if you're able to kind of scat out whatever, you know, riff or run or lick or whatever you're trying to figure out, then you're, you're probably, you know, more likely to memorize it faster when you can connect to it in that way. And right. we've seen it. We've seen it work in teaching all the time. Yeah, there are actually a lot of musicians who will sing their solos. Uh, sorry, I shouldn't say musicians. Instrumentalists, not to... <laughs> not to differ singers from musicians. They are musicians. <laughs> We're just Instrumentalists. <laughs> if you are singing your solo, it's gonna it's going to get you more grounded when it comes to playing. Uh it's just more proof for yourself that it's actually in your ear. I mean the biggest take is to really make a set plan for yourself. Like definitely use all of these different methods like immersion. Immersion can happen at any point, you know, like with the habit stacking and, you know, just going about your day. And, you know, I would even say with immersion, even if, even if you're just listening to the playlist or whatever songs you have to memorize, have a plan to listen to them X amount of times. You can spread that out throughout the day. So it feels less overwhelming and you're not having to like listen to it all the way through straight, <laughs> you know? So that's one thing I do. And it, it helps out a lot. Cause sometimes, yeah, I mean, Having to hear say like, oh, you got to memorize 60 songs in a week. That can sound overwhelming because, you know, it's not like the only thing we're doing in our in our day. You know, we got to we got to live. <laughs> right. And so, I mean, immersion. Yeah, it's the most accessible, but also kind of what Ryan was talking about of finding that structure or breaking it down when you do have the time to sit down and actually practice and, and put in that time and not have to worry about anything else, being able to kind of pinball between all of these different methods can be very helpful. And we've seen it be helpful. They've worked for us. They've worked for other people, our students. And so that's why we've, we've got these good nuggets of information because we know, we know they work. The formula's there. The math is mathing. <laughs> there is a point 
where you're going to have to say, sorry, it's too many songs to memorize. Yes. And it's, <laughs> there are a lot of gigs where it is okay to have an iPad that has the stuff there for you, but... It's, but to enhance the experience... That's that's the point, yeah. is enhancing the experience for, for you and the audience. If you can get more into the music, it's a lot better for the audience to listen to and jam along with. Yeah, peeling your eyes away from the music and like actually feeling it and experiencing it and and pulling the audience in with you and even your bandmates, you know, just being being a part of that that moment. That's that's the most important thing. And the audience really does feel that. They connect to it. Right. And really knowing the music helps when it comes to maybe one band made m- band member made a mistake and you've got to follow along with that. But if you're stuck to music and it has to go from start to finish, no stopping and reversing, then you're really in a bad position because you don't know the song well enough. So that's where memorization is also really, really important for yeah. in the moment. And I would also say too, I mean, I would prioritize memorization as soon as possible as opposed to saying like, oh, with enough gigs, I'll I'll remember it. But sometimes you never know when the next gig will be or, you know, time in between. And the sooner you can connect to your audience and kind of take your eyes away from the screen or away for away from the the music then the better the experience and then you can really start to capitalize on crowd engagement and and other things that you you know have time for because memorization's off the table right and i want to say one thing before we head out today but uh tonight <laughs> it's 11:45 yeah, right. yeah why do we try to do these things so late i don't know but <laughs> My pianist for saxophone, Elizabeth Tomchek, you also had her for a couple of Oh, yeah. Things. She's yeah. incredible. She's fantastic. One of the things she told me was when she memorizes, because pianists have to memorize. That's just like a given. It's just like vocalists. We memorize things. There's no other way. <laughs> like, you don't go to recital with music. But uh, she said to me, I always perform my music 10 times memorized from start to finish before I get to the actual performance. That when I when I'm there, even if I'm having a bad day and I miss a note, I'm not frozen. I could still keep going. It's nothing to me. So she says, get in ten performances, start to start to finish perfection, and then you'll be in a really good spot. Not all the people that are listening have the time if if you're 20 minutes out from getting on stage, like, no, you don't have 10 performances to get that done. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just getting in as many repetitions as possible. That's what what she's trying to say. Yeah, and you don't have to have your whole set list memorized, you know, for your next show. Like, again, make a plan for yourself. Like, okay, I'm going to have two more songs fully memorized or three, and then you could maybe, you know, try that sort of like... 10 times through rule that, that she was talking about. So it doesn't have to be your whole set list immediately, but maybe prioritize, you know, which ones you would want memorized as soon as possible. And then, you know, sooner, like as soon as you know it, like, yeah, everything will be memorized. But yeah, having a plan, that's the most important thing for things to feel less scary. <laughs> and the great thing about the majority of the stuff that we just talked about, I mean, you don't have to know sheet music for any of this stuff. And, you know, even last week with our, with our friend and 
Grammy nominee, Matt mm-hmm. Cusan. He is an incredible musician. And if you haven't listened to that podcast from last week, oh my gosh, pause us right now, go back. But he is an incredible musician and he has never learned how to read music. And, you know, like all this, all this memorization stuff, not once had we mentioned, oh yeah, so you got to read music in order for this to be successful. These are all easy ways to still, you know, get all that you need to get done and enhance your performance and you do not need to read music. Yeah, exactly. So I hope you found something helpful in today's episode. But in all, thank you for tuning in to The Unfiltered Musician. If you like this episode, give us a like, subscribe, hit that notification bell to see our other musical content. Yes, and message us with suggestions about what you want to hear about next at unfilteredmusician.podcast on Instagram or unfilteredmusician at gmail.com. We are here for you. And see you next time. Good night.